Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am positive Chuck Mockler. Welcome back, Will. By the way, you missed a day. Good to have you back. I know. I, I love that I get a welcome back anytime <laughs> I miss a single day. Anyways, in case you didn't know, we are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network. We bring you Clippers stuff currently three days a week, but oh yeah, possibly more soon. Well, definitely more soon. Regular season, we're coming at you five days a week. Episodes ready at seven in the morning for you. Come hang out. It's a good time. It's always a good time. Kicking off the hang today, we're doing What Do You Want to Know Wednesdays. Uh, you know, we, we go through several variations of this. Sometimes it's Twitter Tuesday, whatever. Basically, <laughs> long story short, we're asking for your questions on Twitter, and we got some great ones, so I can't wait to dive into those. We're going to talk about some rotations, uh, starting unit, all sorts of stuff. And then in segment two, Charles, for your listening pleasure, has done a deep <laughs> Hartenstein dives. So we're going to talk about that as well as sort of like where he fits in with Giles. If, if, you know, Giles ends up being a sort of long season long piece and sort of what also the implications are with signing Hartenstein for the timelines of zoo and surges return. Ooh. And then in shavings, look, John Wall and the Rockets are working, are working out a trade. I'm going to be honest. It's not going to be to the Clippers, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Also, one of our favorite Clippers is doing cameos. So oh, we're yeah. Talk about that. Save those uh, shekels, people. And, you know, super fan Clipper Spencer got, uh, I mean, a pretty permanent mark for the Batum Battalion. So we're going to talk about all that and more right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to What Do You Want to Know Wednesdays. We thank everyone for sending their questions in. You can send those into at Clips over on Twitter. We'll usually respond. Uh, if you send it on days that we don't send it out, we'll just go back and forth, which is a good time. Um, let's get right into this. Ralph Brack, which one of the better names I think I've ever heard in my life, wants to know who starts in Kawhi's spot. Yeah, man. I, I So this is tricky, right? I, I think that we have another question that's going to tie into this, but yeah, I think if, you know, we're going similar to keeping Paul George in sort of like that two type of role, mm -hmm. then I think the answer is, is probably Batum. Um, I think there's an argument to be made for, uh, you know, man to be tossed in there and like sort of you know, man and Paul George, I, it's a little positionless at that point as to like, who's the two, who's the three, whatever. Call. I don't like, I don't know that we need to dig into that right now. Uh, but, but I think it would be Batum in that scenario. Um, I, I just think that they would probably go uh, with the veteran uh, and sort of stagger that in and out at the three, but it's weird. Right. I, I, I think like looking at this puts Morris in the starting lineup too. So then the bench gets a little like, huh? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, I think that it's it's just interesting because we kind of have um, we have a fair amount of wings. So it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's you know it, it to me gets to that sort of I mean I hate, I feel like positionless is getting like maybe a little too buzzwordy, but right. it, it's getting to a situation where like who is like the truly the small forward, who is truly the shooting guard? Yeah, and, like I mean Morris, you know the front court is pretty much that. Like Morris is going to play the power forward, like that's yeah. where he's best at. Right, uh, and then you know either Serge or Zoo, but I I think that the main two guys that we're looking at at the three spot is is probably Terrence Mann or Batum, assuming that they don't move Paul George back to his natural, like natural position, which mm -hmm. would be the three. Yeah. I think it's, it's odd because clips Nando 
asks, who would go better with the starting unit, Justice or Terrence Mann? Um, he also added that Terrence obviously earned it, but they think that they want Winslow's defense starting to let PG spend his energy on offense, which is an interesting take on this. I'm not sure that Ty Lu would start Justice Winslow just yet because we don't know what we're getting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just, the continuity's there. I don't want to mess with the continuity. So I kind of just want Clippers who were on the team last year to be in the starting role. Um, I think it's, I think Terrence Mann fits better because of that continuity and familiarity. So, I mean, I love that Clips Nando was asking this question. Up until now, I, I haven't really seen any discourse or really thought about Winslow being with the starting unit. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, he does bring up a great point about, you know, sort of having some, you know, some of the defensive burden be on Winslow and letting, you know, Paul George, he's a rhythm guy. It's like just sort of letting him feel the flow of the game, get into his offensive rhythm. I, I think that there's definitely some value to that. I think that, <sighs> look, man, I, I with, with Winslow in the starting lineup, I just kind of have flashbacks to Mo Harkless and like Mo Harkless just is a getting, great defensive player. Right. But the, like, one guy who can be that big of a black hole on offense. It's not sustainable. It really jacks up the spacing. And yeah. like, I, th- I think that that hurts. I think that that hurts everybody in that starting unit uh, offensively, especially Defensive. for a team that makes the next pass. Like that's the whole thing with the team that it's like, all right, we, we see all these beautiful passes and it rotates to justice Winslow who's wide open and then misses. And you're like, well, that was kind of by design by the other team. So, yeah, like. definitely. So I think, I mean, uh, like you brought up, great point. I mean, it's also just justice is the unknown quantity. You know, we know what Terrence Mann can look like in the starting lineup. So I think yeah. of these two, I I would still probably lean man. Though, I mean, like, you know, justice is the vet. You know, he has been in the NBA longer. Um, and, you know, man, he was great. But it still remains to be seen, what, like, what kind of jump he's going to be able to feasibly make this year. Yeah, we need another leap for sure. Um, Nuke Canard asks, what color scheme design would you like our earned jersey to be next year? And I'm going with, I want a throwback to the San Diego Clippers colorway. I thought it was oh, fun when they did it. Yeah. I, what feels like eons ago with the blue and orange. I think they the, could the do nautical. something. Yeah, I think they could do something cool with that. I'd like to see something a little more fun. Not that I don't love the the Mr. Cartoons are fantastic. It's very Los Angeles, obviously. But a little more fun, you know, something a little more kind of like I feel like there's this there's kind of been this embrace of kind of like 70s, 80s style uniforms that were like completely unhinged at the time. And now they have kind of 2021 updated styling and how to make it look good. I'd like to see something a little more. Maybe I'm just tired of black and white, but something not black and white and maybe a return to the script style okay so i i was gonna say and maybe this is a cliche answer but what what about just you know like a blue with like a los angeles or red dude everyone wants the red jerseys back i know that it's super basic but i i do feel like (laughs) um you know having sort of an homage to that i I think would be kind of cool uh but i'm also i i think far and away like the throwback to the san diego uh clippers i i think is like the best route but I would also be super down for just like kind of the classic looking script. And yeah, red, I, I'd also be, I, I'd also be into a blue Jersey, but it'll be interesting to see. Cause we had Max Riza uh, who works for the Clippers kind of in our Twitter comments, given the eye emoji about a red Jersey coming back, which maybe that was a hint. Who knows? Um, next question. This one is a little, this one's kind of dense actually, which I like it. Spilky vision asks realistically, 
Is there a chance we go 15 and five in our first 20 games? The first 15 games are uh, at the Warriors versus the Grizzlies versus the Blazers versus the Cavs uh, at Blazers versus the Thunder at Timberwolves at Timberwolves versus the Hornets versus the Blazers yet again versus the Heat versus the Timberwolves again versus the Bulls versus the Spurs at the Grizzlies. So of those first 15, A, we play the Blazers a bunch, it feels like, as well as the Timberwolves, which is great. So do we kind of like bigger sense, do we kind of have to go 15 and five? Uh, Look, I mean, we've talked about this and it's going to be super crucial to win the home games over that first six weeks. I, man, um, 15 and five, I think it's definitely attainable. I, I think that's about where we need to be um it you know like to get in good positioning uh just because you know the month of november and the months of january are are kind of going to determine like where this team sits in the seating and like i don't like to overreact to early season stuff like i, I would i would prefer to not overreact to you know basketball in november but the thing is, it's like with a, with a third of our home games being played in that time, uh, you know, you you can't afford to go. I mean, what below seven hundred? Ideally, below seven fifty. We can't like in yeah. those home games uh, if you're playing, you know, a full third of them uh, jam packed like that. So fifteen and five, I you know, I think it's attainable. Um, you know, we keep talking about the unknown quantities though. Like we still don't know what the starting lineup is of this team. Uh, but Very think- good point. I think it's kind of been like. People assume it's going to be zoo and starting, but we don't know. But I think like given the personnel and the experience together and the coaching of Tyler, 15 and five is attainable. I, I would love to see us at that number, um, but it, it might be a little closer to 12 and eight. We'll see. 12 and eight, I think I'd be okay with because 12 and eight, you're like, all right, we got some stuff figured out. Brian Cullen was on the last episode. We talked about how this season is going to be the most tinkering season of Tyler probably. Because we oh, have yeah. these unknown quantities, and he's got to figure out what they do. And like any good coach, well, some good coaches, he puts them in the game to see what they have. So it's like, how about how about this? Hey, let me just float this out there. All right, look, assuming that there's no Kawhi all season and all right. playoffs, are you fine dropping some games if, say, Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann are getting big minutes and like getting the chance to like be out there and and try to win these games, like? You know, with obviously with some help from Paul George and other players, oh, I mean, they're not going to be hung out to dry. But like, <laughs> yeah. are you are you okay dropping games where we see youth players getting big minutes and and getting this sort of on court experience that that they're not going to get in a Kawhi Leonard season? Just period. They're never going to yeah. get that in a Kawhi Leonard season. Uh yes, if they're showing good tendencies. I'm not I'm, saying yes that they have to be good. But like if they're out there and it's just like like wrong decisions, not We're, good process, I'd be like, ooh. I'm saying like, it's it's not gonna be like the Thunder game to end the series. I'm, <laughs> I'm not talking about that level of experience right. where you know Daniel Oturu is getting Keon like, the, Johnson has 27 three-point attempts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm talking about guys that like are closer to a part of our core that like I mean very realistically canard man scrub need development. Yeah. yeah, I would be okay with that. If we're still, you know, if we, how about this? If we go 15 and five in the first 20 games, I welcome it. Cause then we're in pretty good shape. Okay. You got to take care of that business first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, so you're saying, you're saying you're giving a longer leash if we go 15 and five after the first 20. Absolutely. Then you're you're loosened up a bit. Oh yeah. 
Okay. But if we're like, if we're like 11 and nine, I'm like, nope, sorry, sorry, youngins. Like, I, you guys got to chill out. <laughs> like, yeah, I think in January, where at one point, don't we play like nine and seven or something fucking ridiculous? We yeah. play some ridiculous amount of, of games in a very low amount of days. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but there's going to be games there where Paul George <laughs> is being rested and likely one of Batum or, and or Morris will be being rested. Right. Uh, and Good and call. We're going to have to see, you know, some of the younger guys on the squad sort of uh, take the reins, which, it, you <laughs> know, is, is exciting. I, I think it's exciting. Like, <laughs> it's, it's house money, as you like to say on this pod. Um, absolutely. Coming up, we're going to be taking a deep dive into what Isaiah Hartenstein can bring to this team. But first, we got to give a shout out to DirecTV. Uh, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff, whatever that might be to you. But I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Uh, it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together. Like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, so we're back and we're doing a Hartenstein deep dive. But first, did we miss a question from uh, from? Oh, Toronto yeah, Wednesday? we have, we absolutely did. That's on me. Uh, they ask, am I crazy for thinking that a Bledsoe-Jackson backcourt would be our most potent starting backcourt? No, you're not crazy. <laughs> We've talked about this. Uh, we have talked a little bit about this on this podcast. Um, look, I... Over the last like five or five, I believe it's the last five years of his career, maybe the last seven, uh, Bledsoe has been a starter in this league. And I know that people are super down on him. And I know that the offense is going to be a problem uh, overall. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily at the point of his career where he is the sixth man. But, you know, we'll see. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially right. in the history of this team. It's something we value greatly. But I do think that there is some value to having. Bledsoe and Jackson on the floor, you know, Reggie can be very good without the ball in his hands. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly much more useful off ball than, than Bledsoe could be. Um, although it does take some, some playmaking abilities away from Jackson, but that's not really his strongest, you know, his strongest point. He's like a three assists per game kind of guy. Uh, and, you know, Bledsoe does defensively cover up for some of Reggie's deficiencies. So I, <sighs> I don't know. I, I think that there's I, like I think in a vacuum. Absolutely. But I, I think that there's definitely value to it. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, what Ty Lue ends up doing and, and how he ends up experimenting with those two. Because right now, in my mind, if he's not in the starting lineup, Bledsoe is definitely going to be the first sub in. Um, right. And they will and they will sort of adjust around that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. It'll be interesting. Um, I think that's going to be something that Tyler tinkers with that might anger some fans, which we'll keep tabs on for you. Five days a week over at Locked on Clips. Um, let's get on this Isaiah Hartenstein character. Let's do it. Uh, new, so it's just kind of some off-court stuff that I thought was interesting. I was doing some reading on uh, Mr. Hartenstein. He turned down the player option with the Cavs. Obviously, he ended up signing a training camp deal with the Clippers. Supposedly, he was seeking more security from his next deal, which is why he turned down the player option. But effectively, what he signed up for is the complete opposite of security, right? 
I mean, maybe. We'll talk about this at the end of the segment, but I'm, I'm curious as to what this means about the timelines for Zoo and Surge. Yeah. Uh, however, I, I mean, you're right. It's a, it's a riskier move. I think looking at the Cavs history sort of uh, over the last couple of years, I mean, right. they miss they mismanage and misuse bigs. And it's interesting that he got into the rotation at all and was able to That's a effective. very good point, with, actually. With <laughs> how many centers they had on that roster last year, like it was absurd at one point when they still had – uh, Drummond and Allen and uh, you know all these guys like it's it, a lot of Nance, Nance still I mean who's like maybe a four but you know what with kind of a five skill set I mean it's uh, it's wild that this that this guy was able to carve out some playing time and and you know be effective uh, in any amount of minutes in in that rotation and I think that also like I think that also players are aware of dysfunctional organizations. And if you're a guy who's not getting the big contract, I don't know how willing you are. Get me out of here. Yeah. yeah I don't, Why I don't, would I, really, I deal with this? Yeah. I don't know how willing you are to, you know, stay in that situation. And maybe in his mind, you know, he thought that there was, there wasn't a route for playing time uh, on that cap squad, which, you know, there definitely know wasn't like, I just don't think there was at all. Um, he also, he had a concussion at the end of last season that kept him off the floor. So probably oh, gotten, yeah, he probably would have got a lot more run given their playoff situation. Um, a lot of Cavs bloggers liked him for his depth. I saw the term gifted passer thrown around a few times. Oh um, man, I've heard that one before. <laughs> Zubots, you know, just like him. Um, speaking of Zoo, Hardenstein actually had a higher total rebounding percentage than Zoo. Limited sample size, obviously. But I think it shows that he has a nose for the board's do we think like what is his you kind of mentioned like his run with the Cavs because they had so many centers what do we think his time looks like with the clips is it going to be a kind of similar like amount of run that he gets like I can't imagine he's going to get a whole mess of minutes you know so like I like that he was effective for those of you who don't know also total rebound percentage is a stat that shows you what percentage of available rebounds you grab um and you obviously want to be high hit uh heart and signs was around 18.7 percent last year and I think Zoo's was 18.1. But obviously a lot higher usage for Zoo. So more impressive from Zoo. But I can't imagine it'll be too much different for the Clippers. But I, I like that he has, like I said, the nose for the boards. Yeah, absolutely. Look, man, his amount of playing time is going to be dependent on what he shows both in training camp and, you know, uh, if he makes a squad. But th- here's the other thing. And here's the big thing. And I was going to say this for the end. But let's just talk about it now. Get into it. What does the Hartenstein signing mean for the injury return timelines of Zoo and Surge? Because if there's any sort of doubt as to whether those guys are available for opening night, this to me would be that indication uh, of, you know, taking on two centers. And I think if either, obviously, if either one of them is going to miss any amount of time, he's going to see a decent amount of run, especially if these guys have to play back into shape or, you know, into full form. Because I'm going to assume uh, that they haven't been able to do five on five court activities with, you know, with, with their return timelines. That's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I, I think that they could maybe we could see some ramping up of zoo and surge if they are both available at the jump, which, you know, I'm hoping they are. Uh, but I think, you know, depending on what he's able to, to show, there is some run. And I do think that he has maybe a little bit more utility than, than like a Patrick Patterson, possibly, uh, certainly not the floor stretching abilities. So it'll depend on the person around so, him. That's what's so interesting to me because with Harton, like, like you said on this pod, our, our third centers have been guys who can kind of randomly, if they have the open three and they take it, you're like, all right, I'm okay with this. That's not Hartenstein's game. Um, he shot 20% from 10 to 16 feet last season. 
didn't take enough threes to really have any, you know, substantial percentage either way. Obviously it was close to like zero. Um, a few draft profiles I said that like kind of outlined that his shooting mechanics might mechanics might have to get worked on. I'm not sure. Those are obviously older because he's had a couple years in the NBA now, but he hit the same percent. He hit 73% of his shots from zero to three feet last season, which is the same figure as zoo a lot fewer attempts, but he, he hasn't been asked to stretch the floor at all. So I'm really curious to see how the Clippers end up actually using him. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to, I mean, they're not going to ask him to stretch the floor. I mean, I, I think that like, if anybody is asked to stretch the floor, like that would be maybe Giles's way into the, like into getting some minutes. And he only recently started taking more threes, which is so crazy too. Like the third center departure is like, way different than what it was last year because we had someone who could stretch the floor last year in boogie and patterson yeah absolutely but i mean we also had you know like two traditional centers that you know we were pretty sure we're going to be ready to go um <laughs> yeah that season. is fair <laughs> so yeah i i don't know i don't i don't want to get too like tinfoil hatty on that and their timelines because hopefully they're just good to go from the jump but i do think it's interesting uh i also you know maybe if you are going to go Bledsoe on the second unit you you want to give him like a a a pick and roll partner uh someone who can be like a a strong finisher and kind of fill that um that sort of traditional role maybe take some of the load off of uh surge or or zoo both either to ramp them up or in surge's case to like keep him ready for the playoffs so yeah i mean there's value you know we we talked about wanting a third center um oh we're not gonna stop now we have four and now we got four, so <laughs> we are clearly on to something over here. I'm, I'm glad the organization was uh, taking them. <laughs> I'm interested to see what happens with his defense because a bunch of these things, they were like, so he's got great footwork. He's got great foot speed, so he can switch between four and five. Like, that's not an issue. He keeps being referenced as a rim protector in all of these things that I've read, but they just reference his height. Like, they're just like, he's seven feet tall, so he's a rim protector. And I just don't believe that. If that makes sense, like just because you're seven feet doesn't mean you're a rim protector. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. He averaged a block per game over the last three seasons, which is anything crazy. So, I mean, that's not bad though in the time that he had. What's that per? What's what's that per thirty six? Per forty eight? Honestly, per forty eight, probably close to like (laughs) eighteen. But I'm I'm interested to see what happens between him and Giles. Um, We got a lot of questions of who we want to be the third center between Hartenstein and Giles for what do you want to know Wednesday, and I gotta be honest. I think I have to wait until preseason. Both of these guys have a bunch of question marks. I don't mean that. In a I want to see. Way. Yeah, I I need to see both of these guys, like, and and how it's gonna fit in. And you know, it's it's gonna be a sort of a short runway for either one of these guys to kind of find out um, how they're gonna fit on this team. So I'm curious to see how it works out. But honestly, like, uh, I'm a little bit higher on Harden, Hardenstein, I guess. Then there's no injury Giles. concerns. Like, there's and it's really it's availability. Like, but Giles is interesting to me, and I think oh, if yes. healthy, uh, you know, they're, it's interesting. The Clippers' front office was quoted as saying, I thought it was interesting when they picked up <laughs> Giles, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking uh, John Wall possibilities, Terrence Mann's doing $50 cameos, which we love to see, as well as a, a tattoo. But first, Will, if I wanted to bet online, where 
on earth could I do that? Oh, if you want to bet online, the easiest place is betonline.ag. Oh my God, it's so easy. It's so easy. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. And now that we've bet some money, how can we get some food? Yeah, I get some food with Built Bar. Brian Cullen, our last guest, famously doesn't eat any food. But if he did, he said he would probably try a Built Bar. Built Bars are delicious. Uh, there's some fantastic flavors. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, and cookies and cream. I've been a little partial to cherry barcia recently. Not the biggest fan of the Grateful Dead, but I love the flavors that uh, the, uh, one of their founding members is named after. Cherry barcia is fantastic. A little sweet, which is great. Uh, if you don't want to commit to one flavor, it's 2021 committing to one option. That's that's 50 stuff. You can get a mixed box where you get two of the flavors that we just mentioned. Uh, it's a good time. Let's you kind of uh, break things up a bit. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Just four to five grams sugar. And only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Right now, if you go to built.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get 15% off your next order. One more time, use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so we're back with shavings and we got to address the elephant in the room. We have to. Uh, there are reports that John Wall and the Rockets are looking on finding him a new home, but there are not any buyout <laughs> plans. Of course not. There's $91 million remaining on his contract. Yeah. Uh, including a $47 million player option. I'd pick it up. If I had that option, I'd pick it up. I'd probably pick it up. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably picking that up. So, A, apparently there was some some uh, reporter was tweeting that the Rockets have been talking to the Clippers about this. But everyone says that the, they're talking to the Clippers. Exactly. Right now. It's the new we're that we're, we're that team right now. We're the new we're the we're going to move the fran we're going to move the NFL franchise to L.A. We're going to move your NBA team to Seattle. That's what Clippers are in trade talks. Um, look, let's just talk like do we start with possible trades or do we start with like the fit? Because like I don't. Well, let's just start with possible trades because honestly, like getting to that, getting to that number, I mean, that it's a big number, but it's not that hard to get to Bledsoe, Kennard and some rookies kind of get it done for this, for, for this next year. Oh man. Are you willing to give up Bledsoe and Kennard? Well, I'm not, but also for John the, Wall, but are the Rockets willing to take Bledsoe? Like it's this thing of like, do the Rockets maybe want an expiring so they can just, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I, they're broken over there. They're taking. They they're don't taking, want long-term deals. They're taking a pile of crap for something else. I don't see. I think they will get a, a pretty good return on this. We can also only trade Bledsoe after October. 5th. I don't. He didn't have that great of a season <laughs> last year. That's totally fair. And he, and prior to that, he didn't play NBA basketball for two years. And and he, and he's been hurt. So that's the other thing. Is like, let's talk fit, because. Yeah. 
I mean, sure, like we, we need a score without without Kawhi Leonard, but then we have John Wall locked up for $47 million the next year because there's no way he's turning down that player option yeah. unless he pulls a Chris Paul and somehow gets a better deal for two years. But I don't think that'll happen. Um, the fit, I, I think Ty Lue would make it work, but he's not really a shooter. Um, I he's don't... a player whose game was predicated on athleticism and now has been hampered by injuries. I look, Yeah, no, I that's, loved... that's all you need to say, I feel like. I I loved John Wall. I loved John Wall in Kentucky. Uh, I still love I, John Wall. I loved him. Look, I I don't have anything against the guy. He can help a team that hopes to be a contender, especially one that hopes to be a contender without its you know its best player. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't think the Clippers will make this move. Um, Obviously, any source things that you hear about it, take it with a, a just a giant grain of salt because uh, because we don't think that that's going to happen. But who knows? If the Clippers did this, I would generally be kind of bummed because I think the the Rockets would always probably want some young depth. Um, no disrespect to Luke Kennard or Bledsoe, but I think there'd have to be a man or a zoo piece stone in there as well, which for what the Clippers are trying to do, kind of this like build, you know, build the current core, but have a little bit left over from the current core. So when this current era is over, there's some younger guys there. You know what I mean? I think that would kind of bum some people out for sure. Um, Moving on to some happier news. Terrence Mann is doing cameos now, which if you're unfamiliar, cameos are where a famous or sometimes not very famous person, you can just pay them a set amount of money and they'll like send a birthday video or I, I don't know, uh, funny message for your mom on her birthday or mother's day or something but serve your ex a summons serve, that's a good call well i think that's a little more labor intensive than the cameo um terrence man charging 50 bucks for a cameo honestly seems pretty fair if i'm being totally honest it's the same price as randy couture it's okay half, it's half as much as clipper fan frankie muniz 100 bucks and it's $40 less than former Sugar Ray lead singer Mark McGrath. All right. Well, that's a pretty good deal. That's it. I mean, yeah, it's a bargain for sure. How many takers do you think he's had on this? Has he made 50K already on this? 50K? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, we need a locked on Clippers team and video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we got to do it. I, I think I think it's worth it. Everybody Venmo is 50 bucks. <laughs> We'll get a whole bunch of videos. We absolutely need a locked on Clippers Terrence Mann thing. I hope the team would be okay with it. I don't. I think they'd probably be upset once they realize that they did it uh, for the podcast that gives them t-shirt ideas. Uh, but shout out to Terrence Mann. What other Clipper would you want to see on Cameo? Uh, I mean, former Clipper Lou Will uh, would Ooh. be a, would be a huge one for me. Oh yeah. Uh, current Clipper. I mean, like I I would love Paul George to to you know maybe maybe I'd have him do my alarm clock or something. Bro, I just it's feel like it'd be nice to wake up to. It's got to be Zoo all the way. Zoo all the way. I like dude. It. Zoo with the cameo. That's a good stuff. Um, closing out this segment, we have to give a shout out to someone who I think is. I mean, last season was vaulted into the. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and you can call me crazy if you want. The Mount Rushmore of Clippers fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clipper Spencer. It's, who who else is it? It's Is it him, Daryl, and the former Clipper stripper? 
I don't know if Daryl's on there. You, there's some contention against Clipper Daryl. Uh, Clipper Stripper uh, remains to be seen as well. So right now, I think it's just Mount Spencer. <laughs> Mount Spencer. I mean, you got to put Billy Crystal up there. Right, um, for sure. Yeah. I guess like people who aren't a famous person. Yeah. Yeah. So Clipper Spencer's absolutely up there. Uh, he got a Batum Battalion tattoo. Shout out to right. Clipper Spencer. Hats Love off to it. the commander. It's tastefully done, which... Full disclosure, when I saw that he was going to get a Batum Battalion tattoo, I said, poof, I hope this is tastefully done because things can go the other way. Jermichael Green has a tattoo. Uh, not good. It's not a tastefully done tattoo. Uh, it's for Alabama. But I'm fully on board with this. Shout out Clipper Spencer. Um, are you going to get when do you when are you getting your battalion tattoo? Uh, I'm probably not going to get a, any sports related tattoos. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna get a quarter size tattoo of Batum's face right under my left eye. <laughs> you know, um, a super tiny one would be kind of funny. A real small one, yeah, <laughs> would be kind of funny. Shout out Clipper Spencer. Uh, we hope you're having a. I mean, we know you're having a fantastic off season. We hope you listen to the show this late. It'd be a good time. Um, keep on keeping on, Spence. Um, also, send us your Mount Rushmore Clippers fans. Yeah. Get at us. They can't be on clips. Yeah. Can't, it can't be like uh media figures or anything like that, but uh, let us know at locked on clips. Anything else in the, in the shaven store? No, I think we emptied this whole bad boy out. Let's get out of here. I think we shook it out. Friday's episode. We're gonna have a love, Mary quarantine for you. Maybe some ideal ways to lose Luke Kennard. Who knows? Uh, and then of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will, where can these fantastic, highly intelligent listeners review our podcast? Uh, you can review us over on iTunes or the podcast app. If you hit us up with five stars, it helps us out. But hey, let us know what you think about the show. We'll probably read it on air. We'll definitely read it on air. <laughs> definitely. Uh, anyways, if you don't listen on iTunes or the podcast app, that's okay. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works fabulously. Look, we're still coming at you three days a week during this offseason. But at the end of the month, we're going to be kind of ramping things back up to five times a week we hope that you'll be here rocking with us we absolutely do i have been positive chuck mockler and i am william the opinion updike and as always we appreciate you <laughs>